Well, good morning. Good morning. How is everybody doing? You doing okay? Are you doing okay? Yes. All right. Top six ways you know you're getting old. You ready? Uh, I had seven, but I think one's inappropriate. So top six ways <laughs> you're getting old. Your arms are not long enough to read the newspaper. You know what I'm saying? I say these to my kids. They're like, I totally don't get it. I don't. That's a sign you're not getting old. Okay, that glimmer in your eye, it's just the sun reflecting off your bifocals. You repeat yourself often. Number four, you repeat yourself often. Okay. Number five, uh, nobody thinks of you as a hypochondriac anymore. Right? I'll skip the inappropriate one. Uh, you now find yourself singing along with the elevator music. Have you noticed that? It's like all from about 20 or 30 years ago, and you're like, oh, I love this song. You know what I mean? Okay. Here's another example of getting old. You go out with your friends on a boat, and you're having a blast doing some tubing and some skiing and some wakeboarding and all those things that are going on, and, and you end up breaking a rib. This is me this last week. So I am currently up here with a either a broken or separated rib. We're not quite sure which, but uh, so I'll tell you the, well, yeah, I was like 40 miles an hour with a wakeboard and, and we did this flip and I, no, I was climbing back in the boat <laughs> and I, and I was leaning right forward as I was pushing up and an old rib injury that I had, uh, ended up giving up. And it was one of those, have you ever heard something pop? You know, here you hear that, like I, I heard that pop. And you're, so you just kind of let go and you slump back into the water and then you thank the Lord for life vests at that point. As I'm floating there, I'm thinking that couldn't have been good. You know, it took about a day and a half for it to really start feeling it. This last week was quite interesting, but anyway, fractured talking to the doctor about what that means and how do I end up getting this thing better? And quite frankly, the answer is there's a few things you can do. Mostly it's avoid a lot of excess workout in this area and let God do his thing. God healing you. That's the plan. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but you're not supposed to like tape your ribs anymore because that creates uh, kind of constriction on the lungs. You can get pneumonia from it. So they just basically, it's just let it go. You know, if it's not a multi-fractured thing, let it go. Let God do his thing. Here's the irony. I'm sitting here this week and I'm thinking about the church and what God's doing and some of the stuff we're going to talk about today. And this just so fits. Do you realize we have a fractured world? We have a fractured church and we're all growing to be more like him along the way. And here's the plan. There's a few things you and I can do to be a part of it. But quite frankly, God's going to be doing a lot of healing and a lot of growing. That's the plan. As we start to look today, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're closing out the Fired Up series and we're simply answering a basic question What's God's plan for kingdom restoration? What's God's plan for bringing together the called out ones in a way that will glorify him? That's what we're going to be looking at today. First Corinthians chapter 3. The ushers are coming forward. They've got Bibles in their hands. And uh, just raise your hand if you need one. They'll get one to you, okay? Just raise your hand if you need a Bible. They'll get one to you. First Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 through 9. What's God's plan for kingdom restoration? 
Let's just start right off the bat. He comes out in verse 5 with it. It's God's responsibility. God grows the church. That's the first point. God's responsibility. God grows the church. As we move into this passage, let's do this. It starts in verse 5 with, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Where's that coming from? We have to make sure we understand the context, okay? So we back up here to uh, the earlier verses in chapter 3. Let's just check out what's going on in context. This is a really important thing when you're reading scripture. Make sure you don't just pull a verse out and try to read what it says, but make sure you know what's being said around it so you get the context, okay? Look at what he says. Verse three, chapter 3, verse 1. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now, you are not ready for it. He's saying, look, church at Corinth, I'm having to deal with you on a little bit lighter level. I'm having to help you through some of the basics of life. Let's see if we can get this thing squared away and understood. You're wrestling kind of like a infant or a fleshly believer. He says right after it, you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? Stop with this jealousy stuff. That's what he's saying. Will you stop with it already? Is that me doing that? Let me see if I can move this a little. He says in verse 4, For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? That's the setup for what's going on. The passage we're going to look at is Paul saying, let me help you out if you're struggling and wrestling with what it looks like to just be more human than divine as a gathered together ones. This is a challenge for us. We have to make sure that we're going after it in a God-honoring way. He says here in verse 5 then, here we go, this is getting started with, it's God's responsibility. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. Notice he doesn't say, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? They already know that. The question is, what's their role? How important are they? Who should be following who? If you actually look at the end there of the, in verse 4, the challenge that was going on is Paul had played a role in the church, and Apollos had played a role in the church. We're going to get to it in just a couple verses. And they both had significant impacts, and they were different personalities. And people began to say, well, I'm an Apollos follower. Well, I'm a Paul follower, as if one of those trumped the other. You know what I'm saying? They were really getting into a battle of following man within the church. Big mistake, okay? Big mistake in ministry. It's not about following a man. It's about running hard after the Almighty God. And they were missing it. He says, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Answer, servants through whom you believed. He chose a word that doesn't necessarily mirror the role. I mean, quite frankly, Paul is an apostle. He could have thrown a massive trump card out there, right? What is Paul? Apostle. Uh, You need to listen to me. He chose not to do that. He threw a different word out there, servant. He didn't use the word. There's two different words in the Greek that we often translate to servant. One, we might see the word bond slave with. That word means like you have no rights or privileges. He didn't use that word. He used a different word that means to serve, to care, to desire, to be a part of, to kind of come alongside of, okay? This idea of I'm humbly placing myself in your service. 
serve. Why? What's the result? Through whom you believed. Paul can look back and he sees a ton of change going on. He sees awesome life difference in this body and in these people. And it was because of his investment and Apollo's investment and others' investments. If we serve, God can use us. Notice it says, as the Lord assigned to each. What a huge moment. You see, God has a plan. He's got things going on. This church, he's growing it. When he says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. He's saying, I will build my church. I've got a plan. What's the plan? Well, through you and through me, he's going to make an impact in this community. He decides to work through us to allow us to see his hand moving and shaping so that we can learn of him and grow to be more like him. You know, here's another way to say it. When it says that we've been assigned, that's a big statement, isn't it? Assigned. Did you know that? God's got a specific plan for you. Ephesians 2.10 says, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. His workmanship. That word, it literally means we are his handiwork. We are his poetry, is another way to say it. His uniquely crafted artistic design of expression of himself in this world. That's who you are. Let me say that again. You are uniquely crafted an artistic design and an expression of the almighty. And he's brought you here for a purpose. Ephesians 4, 10 and 11, it says that he gave some to be apostles and some to be prophets and some to be evangelists and pastors and teachers. What it doesn't say is, and he gave the gift of apostleship. What it does say is he gave some to be apostles. The gift is the person himself in that passage. You are the gift to this body. Did you know that? God specifically expressing himself and specifically seeking to grow this church is specifically reaching into each of our lives, into your life. And he is specifically saying, I've got an assignment for you. I want you to be the expression of me in this body. We're weaker without you. We need you to best express him. That's what he's saying. We each have an assignment and a role around here, and we can lift up the almighty God as we together rally together and celebrate him. Amen. That's what it's about. It's about God's got a plan. Let's follow with him. He's calling you and me to service. He's calling you and me to celebration. I can say it this way. We as pastors on staff here, you know, we've got a role to do. And sometimes people say, what's the role of the pastor? Uh, to do all the work. That's a mistake. Actually, that's a horrible mistake. The world around here is not. We try to run as many ministries as we can and get all these places where you can come and sit in the chairs and just be fed. It's great to be fed, but it's way more than that. Actually, the plan is we as pastors need to be finding out exactly where God's called you to be and where he's assigned you to be within this body and get you there. 
We are best off if you are serving right where he's called you to. Whether it be ushering or greeting, whether it be working at the tables out in front like the resource table, or maybe it's working in the children's ministries or working in some adult ministry or being a small group leader under Pastor Kent or what is it that God's called you to be? What is it? Where has he asked you to go? What could it be that God's asking you to partner with him in? It says the Lord has assigned that to each verse six. Then Paul goes, I planted, Apollos watered. I planted, Apollos watered. Okay, what's the word plant mean? This is what Paul's saying. I shared who Jesus Christ was, and as I shared, and as I walked through what that means, people come to know him. And as people come to know him, and as they trust in him, there's a church being built. The called out ones are coming together. And all of a sudden, you've got this moment where you can begin to train and shape them. And so each week, they're coming together and gathering, and the church is beginning to form. That's what Paul was doing as he planted, is rallying together the initial look and feel of the church. After that, Paul ends up saying he had to move on. But somebody else came along, Apollos. And it says, Apollos watered. He stepped in. And he ended up putting a little bit of water on it, and things started to grow. Apollos is this very eloquent speaker. We see him in Acts. We see him in a few other spots in chapters 18 and 19 of Acts. He is a phenomenally eloquent, well-gifted, passionate speaker. And the people begin to learn and grow in ways they never did before. Paul planted, Apollos watered. Now notice this. But God gave the increase. But God gave the increase. You see, it's God doing the growing. He says right there in verse 7, So neither he who plants nor he who waters is really anything, but only God who gives the growth. You can drop seeds in the ground, you can pour water over it, but really the miracle of it is the transforming of the heart. God growing. What we need to realize is God is working to grow each of us. You and me are being shaped and changed by God Almighty. We're being adjusted. We're being moved towards him, conformed to his image. And as he does that with us, he's ending up being able to bring glory to himself. May we allow him to assign us. May we allow him to call us to task and go right where he'd have us to be. God growing us. That's the passionate call. You know, we, uh, we put a garden in our backyard and, um, we, I actually had a cucumber that was about three times this long, but trying to save it for a week and a half doesn't work well. <laughs> that thing was nasty after a little bit. So John ended up cutting it up and using what she could of it. So this is one of them we just plucked out of there this last week. You know what? Um, I can safely say I neither planted nor watered. Okay. John is the gardener. John went, she planted one seed. This thing has gone crazy. It has taken over half of the side of our house. We have cucumbers that are massive. This is one of the smaller ones. We're getting, um, we're getting the benefit of growth. But let me tell you this. Jonna plunked a seed in the ground. Jonna turned on a hose. This was not Jonna. This is the miracle of God and life as he grows things. What we need to recognize is the same thing with our vegetables and our fruits that we may be growing is we're trusting in God to continue to shape and grow what's around us. That's the same thing in the church. There can be planting, there can be watering, 
but we are not controlling the outcome. God gives the increase. God does the growing. The first part of the kingdom growth plan is recognizing that we have a king who's involved, that we have a king who's growing things, that we have a king who wants to work in your life and he wants to see you look more like him and feel more like him and be shaped to be more like him. Whoever thought I'd be pointing a cucumber at somebody in a service, you know? I just realized that's pretty weird. If you got a picture of this one, yeah. (laughs) Bottom line, the first step in kingdom growth is recognizing God is at work. It's his responsibility to grow things. You and me, we're shaped and changed. Let me ask you this. What's the difference between a church that's on fire and a church that's not on fire? I mean, how come we end up with churches that are not on fire all over the place? I'll tell you why. I wrote down the different, what's a church on fire? Here's what I wrote. It's just a collection of called out ones, letting him change them. That's all it is. Well, what's a church on fire? It's you and me, a collected group of called out ones saying, just change me, Lord. May I look more like you. That's our goal. That's our plan. May we simply say, I want him glorified. I want him shown off. And the best way to do it is let him adjust who you are. And as you do that, trust me, he's calling you to be part of his ministry. The best way to be adjusted is to be called into watching his hands move and work and shape. Our God, our holy God, who went to the cross for us, also has a plan for you and for me to be able to participate with him in this ministry and celebrate him. Which gets us to our second point. Our call. Come work alongside the master gardener. Our call. Come work alongside the master gardener. So God's got a job. Now we're getting this clear calling to the job. Verse 8. It says, He who plants and he who waters are one. There's this unity amongst them. You and me, whatever we're doing, there's a job for you and me to do together. And we partner together in this. It's you and me coming side by side and saying, I'm excited to see God shown off. There isn't a greater and a lesser. There's not a more and a less. There's just a you and me together, partnering together, becoming one in unity. I have no idea what this popping is. We'll try to ignore it and move through, okay? I'm thinking, is it down below on me? Do I need to do something? Yeah, we don't know. Okay. So as we work through this unity, may we constantly see that you and me together have a job, oneness. We have a job to say, what needs to be done? Where's the open hole? How can I fill it? How can we come together? Let's partner to make God be shown off. How can I take a next step? What gift has God given me? What passion has God given me? What place can I see stepping in and making an impact? Do you want to hand me a hand mic? We'll just stay with this. It'll take too long. Well, you know what? As I say here, we're one. We're in unity. All I can tell you is this. I'm not sure what God's calling you to. I'm not sure the way that he's calling you. It might be to come alongside and laugh with some little kids on Sunday morning and have a blast with them, watching them grow and learn. It might be shaking hands with people as you come to a um, maybe the front doors here and, and just help people be welcomed in or being an usher and helping them find a spot here. There, there's a spot for you. 
We've got a place. I'm not sure what it looks like, but God does, and you do. Let's work this together and figure out which way we're headed. You know, he says more than that. He doesn't say we're just one. He goes after it, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. Each will receive his wages according to his labor. In other words, God's actually employing you and me. He's asking us to participate with him, to assist him, to handle this assigning of his that he's given us. That's the word they used before in there, right? We've got an assignment and there's going to be some wages. If you actually go down to verses 14 and 15, the wages are sort of reflected on a little differently. They're reflected on as a reward. Look at verse 14. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Notice this. It's a reward, and the loss is the loss of the reward. Please note this. The loss is not the loss of salvation, right? He says right there, though he himself will be saved. We absolutely will not lose salvation through not following through in our works that God's called us to. So what's the purpose of these works then? It's simply this, that you could partner with him, learn more about him, be amazed by his hand at work as you see him doing and shaping and being in the midst of this body and in this community. And you can't help but say, wow, that's an awesome God. That's where you get to go. A place where you get to be blown away with God at work, both in your life and the lives of those around you. That's what he's calling you to. An opportunity and privilege to raise up and celebrate him. That's where we're going. May we celebrate him. May there be a reward that we gain, that we gather. May it simply be because we're saying thank you, Lord. That's what it is. Our works are best viewed as a thank you offering for all he's done for us. We just did communion in the early part of the service. His sacrifice for you and for me. What maybe would be a good follow through? How can I say thank you for all you've done to me, Lord? How about I just offer you up my life? Where would you have me go? What would you have me be? Where would you have me help? That's what it is. It's an opportunity to say thank you and celebrate him. You know, our call here at the end, he says, verse 9, we are God's fellow workers. In the Greek, that's actually one word, fellow workers. It means we work side by side together. And you are God's field, God's building. God's field, he's growing you. God's building. He's building you. God at work in you and me being shaped to celebrate him. That's what this is all about. God being celebrated. God being thanked. And you having a privilege to be blown away by his amazing character, by his amazing passion and compassion, by his adjustments in your life. And you're being able to step next to the one next to you. And say, hey, I'd love to partner with you. Do me a favor. Just look to the one next to you on either side and say, uh, we have an assignment. Just do that, okay? We have an assignment. Now look back and say, yeah, but don't forget, God's doing the growing. It's a big deal, right? This is where we're at. We have an assignment, but God's doing the growing. You know, I'll, I'll just take this uh, story from Francis Chan. 
preseason football just started this week, right? Does anybody care about that? Yeah. All right. And, and what an awesome Bears game last night. Okay, whatever. Yeah. So preseason football, you got to love it. We're back to the hard hitting. Just it's an awesome, exciting game. Can you imagine you show up at a game and it goes like this? The team starts out. It's, you know, just the beginning of the first quarter. Everybody's running out to the huddle in the middle. You get this first string team out there. They all huddle up. The captain's there, and he's given this little moment, this speech, this rally cry, and you can see him pumping them up, and they're ready to go. And then he calls a play, and they all put their hands in the middle, and it's one, two, three, break. And then they all go to the sidelines and sit down. And you're like, well, that was weird. What's going on? But they come back out pretty quick after it, and they get in that same circle again, and they start talking again, and they start chatting with each other again, and and then he pumps them up again, and then they say, okay, play, and then one, two, three, break, and then everybody goes back to the side and sits down again, and, and it goes again and again. I mean, how many times would it take before you start saying, boo, like, get it on, man, start making a play, you know what I mean? You know what? How often is that like the church? Where once a week, we gather together, and everybody kind of gets in a huddle, and you get this little power speech thing, and we all get kind of chant, you know, riled up, and here we go, and here's the play, and one, two, three, break, and then we all just kind of go to the sidelines and sit down. And we just hang out. But we come back together again, though, you know? And, and then there's this pump up, and this little moment, and this, and this great play, and then one, two, three, break, and then, and then we uh, go to the sidelines and sit down again. Like, how much does the way we do church look exactly like that broken view of football. We better be careful. We, as the called out ones, have a chance on the playing field to make an impact for the kingdom, to make an impact for the Almighty. You and me, shaping and changing, acting and reacting, so that our God can be glorified. May it always be brought back to Him and to His glory. May we constantly be able to say, I'm not here for my comfort, but I'm here for my king. I'm not here to just have a nice little rally moment, but I'm here to say, how could I possibly thank you, Lord? How could I celebrate you? May you be lifted up in my life. Lord, I want to see you as the grower of me and the grower of this body. I want to know what my assignment is, and I want to be right there pointing to you and saying thank you with all I've got. That's what the church is. It's the called out ones. Rallying together with all we've got. It's you and me. Coming together to say. He's worth it. Amen. He's worth it. That's our statement. As we come together. You know my question for you this morning is this. How about you? What's God have for you? And where is that? I want to make sure I give you a chance as we head into this new ministry year. You know, we structure our ministry years on kind of a school year. So we're, we're headed like September to May, September to June kind of time frame. We're headed into a new ministry year here. We're excited about the stuff we've got going on. We're taking those same ministries we've been doing, and we're ready to dive into them and do them bigger, better, and better. My question is, does God have you called to a certain spot there to jump in? Now, hear me on this. Some of you may be coming for just a short while here. And guess what? That means you're going through a transition. Might even mean you've been leaving a church where there's some hurts and some heartaches. And please hear me. It's okay to take a season to heal. Do that. Take a season to be fed. 
in our impact services and in our small groups. Jump into one of these new small groups that Pastor Kent was talking about. Get some time where God is just pouring into you and you're being fed with all you have. That's great. That's okay. Don't worry. There will be a moment for you where you've said, I've been healing enough. It's time to start helping and jump in. But maybe you're in that spot where you're ready to go. It's time to serve. I want to make sure we give you that privilege to jump in and be there. Let's get you there. Okay? So we're going to do is just take the next few minutes. I'm trying not to move at all. We're going to take the next few minutes and we're just going to take a little bit of time. The ushers are going to come forward and pass some cards out. Why don't you guys do that now? And as these cards are getting passed out, just take a look on here. Check off where you're serving. If you're already serving, just check there and say already serving. Okay. But if you're not serving and you're interested in serving in one of these areas, just check that box and we're going to collect these. Okay. I'll tell you in a few minutes, just take some time to prayerfully consider what's going on. Reflect on, hey, where would God have me to go in this? What does God have for me around here? Reflect and pray on that right now over the next few minutes. Let's just take three or four and uh, we'll have the worship team come up. We'll take three or four minutes and you guys just reflect and pray. Check off there. And again, like I said, if you're already serving somewhere, that's great, right? Already serving, that's fine. But take advantage of this opportunity. We're going to read over these. And as a staff, we're going to get back to you. We want to help get you plugged in, okay? Let's do exactly what God's calling us to do. Let's follow after him and say thank you with all we've got.